0: Hey everyone, I'm Mo, and I'm the CEO and founder of Product Faculty. Today on the CPO Mastery Podcast, we are excited to host Surajit Chatterjee, the Chief Product Officer of Coinbase. Our conversation today will focus on three themes, the role of product in enabling disruptive technologies, the core PM skill set, and navigating your product career. Let's dig in. It's great to have you here. Thank
1: you so much, super excited
0: to be here as well. Awesome, I'd love to kick it off by learning a little bit about your journey in product. You've held product leadership roles at Google, Flipkart, and now Coinbase. Could you please briefly share what you did at Google, Flipkart, and a little bit of a snapshot of your current role at Coinbase? Absolutely, very
1: happy to. So let me start with Google. I spent over 12 years at Google, uh, did a couple of different things. I founded and led Google's mobile search ads product and team, and also led Google's shopping team. Both businesses gross tens of billions of dollars in revenue for Google. At Flipkart, I led product design and product operations teams. And uh, Coinbase, my role, role is very similar. I lead our product team, design team, called strategic programs or program management as well.
0: What excites you about the crypto space and why did you decide to move to this space from Google?
1: When I walked at Google and I worked on ad side of Google almost the entire time, I felt I was doing something to change the world. The Google ads was democratizing advertising. And as you know, advertising was dominated by, before Google came in, kind of suit wearing Madison Avenue folks. Crypto democratizes all of finance and I kind of like it when the nods win. That was my inspiration.
0: Awesome. We've seen an explosion of interest in the crypto space, and this is amplified by companies like Tesla and MasterCard uh, expressing interest in the field. Where do you see the next phase of growth coming from in the crypto space? Yeah, three
1: three areas in my mind. One, I think the institutional interest will continue to grow. We have seen last year, and year and a half, a lot of institutions have invested in crypto hedge funds, pension funds, corporations, endowment funds. And we are seeing increasing interest, the whole industry is seeing interest from institutions. Uh, Number two, I think DeFi or decentralized finance uh, is already on a tear, already over $40 billion of value locked in DeFi protocols. So I think that will continue to drive growth in crypto. And then the last thing I think is crypto is going to enter more of a utility phase. You know, Traditionally, it has been an investment vehicle for hedging against inflation and so forth. But you, you can just see Tesla just announced they will accept Bitcoin for Tesla purchases. Mastercard is working on crypto, Visa is working on crypto. So we will see more of those payments, commerce use cases. We are seeing remittances, there is movement in remittances space and that there can be disruptive product built on crypto, making remittances easier and people are tokenizing everything from art and real estate and so forth. All of this innovation will bring crypto more to its kind of real utility phase that originally people had imagined it would do. And I'm very excited about that.
0: Awesome. Now moving on to our module on core product management skills. You've had the opportunity to hire and develop many PMs. What sets apart the strongest PMs from the rest? Great
1: question. I think of three things. First, great PMs must have an obsession for building better customer experience, user experience, customer experience, should trump everything. Second, they must have this ability to inspire people with their vision and at the same time be flexible enough to go into the details. So I kind of think about this as, you know, like United States Marines or something, you can fly the airplane and jump into the ground for hand-to-hand combat when needed. And then third thing is a strong collaboration and influencing skills. A product managers often don't manage a lot of people. They influence people. They will get work done through their influencing skill, collaboration skills. So that is absolutely essential. So obsession with customer experience, inspire and get into details and strong collaboration.
0: Awesome. Love it. Now, when you think about what key metric do you use to measure the success of product teams at Coinbase? How do you know the teams are doing well? Do you subscribe to the philosophy of the North Star metric? And if so, what is Coinbase's North Star?
1: Going back to the obsession with the user, uh, the f- metrics we look at are all user adoption type metrics. So things like verified users, monthly transacting users. We look at trading volume. So the, that tells us how users are interacting with our platform, assets on platform. So those are some of the key metrics. Of course, every team also focus on a set of what I call input and output metrics. Because you know, if you look at, for example, conversion as a metric, that's an output metric. You need to really focus on the drivers of conversion. Same with revenue, which is an output metric. And this was championed by Amazon and others in the early days, the, the whole concept of input and output metrics. We also set quarterly goals. So we call them OKRs. This is Google and other companies in the valley have uh, championed the the concept of OKRs, objectives and key results. Uh, So we set quarterly OKRs, uh, review those mid quarter and end of quarter. That kind of tells us how the teams are doing. One of the trick in setting OKR is to set very ambitious OKR and kind of slightly more lenient in grading. So we, we do this thing where this is something that Google also uses, actually. If you set very ambitious OKR, and if you achieve at least 70% of it, we think still think you did great and it's still green. And that has actually really helped us keep pushing the bar higher and higher. And then the final thing on subscribing to Northstar philosophy, and Coinbase is a very mission-oriented company. And our mission is to create an open financial system for everyone in the world. So absolutely, we always think through what is the long-term goal when you are building a product, why are you building this product? Not It should not be just for a tactical reason. It should There should be a long-term purpose to it. It should connect to our vision and mission as a company. Yeah,
0: it's very unique. Coinbase's career page is, has a 16-minute video on the vision, which I thought was very unique. Now, moving on to our next module on disruptive technologies. When thinking about the portfolio of bets that you're making at Coinbase, how do you think about um, allocating resources to existing products versus new innovations? And is that portfolio mix different at Coinbase uh, as opposed to your previous companies? Yeah, so we use a 70-20-10 framework, which
1: I think many tech companies probably use. What it means is 70% of the resources are dedicated to core products, products that Uh, Already have product market fit, already in the market, but we still need to keep working on it. 20% is for strategic products, and then 10% for venture bids. So that's kind of roughly our product portfolio allocation. Of course, it's it's rough numbers. It can be 65 and 60, not 70, and so on. In other companies, I used a very similar framework at Google. In fact, Google famously talks about the 70 20, framework as well. And then, when I was at Flipkart, I found this framework to be it's very useful. It's very simple. Um, I'm a huge fan for simplicity. There are, of course, a lot more complex stuff you can do, and then nobody kind of understands them after a while. So keep it simple. That has worked for me.
0: Awesome, I love the simplicity of it. And I love that you've tried it at various companies and it's been working quite well at all these major companies. So launching and scaling category defining products from scratch isn't easy. How do you keep your teams motivated to work towards a product vision? Another great question, and this
1: is probably very relevant for crypto and Coinbase. As you know, crypto kind of goes through ups and down cycle now it's uh, crypto is doing really well, Bitcoin prices are going high. I'm sure there'll be a crypto winter waiting somewhere in the corner in the future. And it's, it's the nature of markets. Every market goes through ups and downs. So there's nothing unusual. I think the key is to make sure that people understand what they're working on is f- for a longer term purpose. So I always try to make sure our product vision is is tied to that higher purpose. And that's really, uh, for us, it's the, it's our company's vision to create more economic freedom for everyone in the world. It's a little bit of a timeless vision, right? it, and it, is, it reminds me of Google's mission as well, right? organizing all this information and make it useful and accessible, also a timeless mission. I think companies that have that this kind of timeless vision or mission, it helps people to get through intermittent ups and downs and keep focusing on that long-term goal. And that's what I have seen at Coinbase as well. People are inspired towards that longer-term vision and mission we have. There'll be a a high day and a low day, just like every startup goes through. And you have to kind of take it on your stride and, and keep focusing on scale.
0: I love that, so have a timeless mission. To get you through the peaks and valleys because they will happen for sure absolutely so many companies struggle with alignment and making sure that all the teams are pointing in the right direction you've managed teams of thousand plus employees what are some best practices that you use to make sure that everyone's aligned on the right direction yeah i'll give you three points three
1: things first and most important probably, you have to absolutely have to start with why. Why is a common sense of purpose that everybody understands and everybody can repeat in the company. And I talked about our why, our vision and mission. For example, at, in my previous companies like Flipkart or Google, at Flipkart, it was about giving access to wide selection of products to a billion, over a billion people finding the best prices and wide selection of products. And that was a, a higher mission and that kept the team aligned. Uh, at Google, of course, the Google's overarching mission of organizing its information, but then in the ads team, it was about democratizing advertising. Uh, and that was a purpose that kept people together. And, and Coinbase, we are working on creating more economic freedom for the world. I think this is very important and you have to keep repeating that also Uh, in in every opportunity you get (laughs) internally. It's it's actually interesting how many times you have to actually keep saying it, even though it seems a little stale after you say a few times in the company, but your employees need to feel that you are really living up to that mission and vision. Number two in my mind is you have to help the team connect the dots with clear communication. Every team is working on some parts of the product you have to, as a leader, be able to articulate how your product portfolio come together and help make progress towards that one common purpose. And again, communication is the key. So we do, for example, we do an all hands with my entire team every month, where not just me, but team members and leads, they do product demos and talk about product innovation and again, try to connect those dots and how all the products we are building connect to the purpose. And then we do a quarterly care planning and that also helps teams aligned. And then the last thing I'll mention, number three is, you have to really demonstrate you deeply care and you have to care and demonstrate that you care. By that, what I mean is you have to care about one, users, your users, users of the product. And two, you have to care about the people building the product and people can tell If you truly care or you are just making it up or going through the motions, if they see you care both about the product and the users and the people building the product, they get energized and come together.
0: Amazing, thank you for sharing that. Moving to the the last portion around general career, career advice for product managers. So looking back, what's led you to be successful in your career? What advice do you have for product managers that are early in their career?
1: I'll talk about a couple of things. First, try out something new and reinvent yourself every few years. This is really important. So it can be a new job. It can be a new role in the same company. But as long as you are learning something new every few years, you know you are on the right path. Do not worry about the exact compensation or the title or other things focus on learning something new. I know this sounds cliched, but that has actually worked for me. I will say number two is a certain amount of grit is really important. Resilience is really important. Because every success, and by the way, success is always relative, but whatever we call success is always preceded by far more failures. I mean, I've had many, but you have to have the ability to bounce back Learn from your mistakes. So that's really, really important. And I'll say the the last thing here is be generous with your time with others and kind of as generous as possible. What I mean by that is always think how you can add value to others without expecting anything in return. Some people call it networking. I think of networking is not just talking to people but actually committing to helping people it's the relationships you build through generously helping people is the ones that will carry you through your career in unexpected ways and that has happened to me in in many many occasions and i my wife always jokes with me that i have this extracurricular every weekend that there will be few of my previous employees or uh, colleagues or uh, acquaintances will call me, ask for career advice, or they want to hire people, some help, whatever it is. And all of this is may seem like, oh, it's just a waste of time. It, it is not, uh, it, it comes back to you. And the important thing is you don't count how many, many times you helped whom. You need to just be open and generous and it, it will happen. It'll come
0: back to you in some way. Amazing. It's so refreshing to hear such a senior leader like yourself doing that and practicing that and obviously doing this talk for for the future product leaders. So if you look back at your career, knowing what you know now, how would you do things differently as a product leader? Great question.
1: I think the first thing will be just be more patient while hiring and wait for the best person to come along. I've seen every time I have hired someone but there was not a what we call a hell yes in the room like the, amongst the interviewers. And if people are kind of okay and it's okay, let's let's hire because we, we are we, we need someone in the role quickly. Every time I've done that, I've kind of suffered through it as it has not worked out. Well. So hire great people and be patient to find the right person for the role i will say number two is try more crazy ideas. The 10% venture bet that I talked about earlier, the 70-20-10 framework, the 10% is very important. Often what ha- ends up happening, people start with that 70 20 and then there are emergencies and there's a lot of pressure, resource crunch. So they will put their hand into that 10 bucket and say, oh, we'll push it out by three more months. It's okay. It pause all the 10% projects for now then three months becomes six months and a year and so on, they never do it. But I have seen that some of the greatest unexpected hits come out of those investments. So never compromise on the 10% and if possible, make it a little bit higher if you can. Those are the things that probably I would go back and do slightly more differently,
0: so. Great, awesome. So last question is, what do you see the future of product management is in your view? Are there any trends you think PMs should keep an eye out for?
1: A few things. First, I think product is increasingly going to become de facto in the C-suite, and not just for tech companies. Of course, in tech companies, product always had an important role in in the company. But I think even other companies you'll see in consumer product packaged goods or other companies, product is increasingly take a more important role. And the reason for that is, I think companies are realizing that product-led growth is more sustainable than purely marketing and sales-led growth. Uh, and you can see great examples are like Tesla. It's The product is good and it's a product-led growth uh, rather than running great ads and, and doing spending a lot of money in marketing. Of course, marketing is important. I love our marketing friends, but I think increasingly we'll see product-led growth, uh, revenue growth. Second, this is something, this is more of a wish rather than it may be a trend. I think there'll be more or there is need for more formal product management training and courses. I know CMU I think has a course uh, on product management and like a degree, but not, there are not too many formal courses on product management today. It's such a multidisciplinary area. Like it cuts across engineering, design, like psychology, data science, marketing and many other things that it probably needs a a little bit of a formal education or training of its own. And then the last one is again seeing some trends but more of a wish list probably. We need better tools for product managers. And one of my pet faves is that there's not no good tool in the market today to manage all the launches We do at Google, there was a Launch Cal internally built tool, actually, which was pretty good. But most companies struggle through it because you need, how do you know, for example, how do you keep track that legal, compliance, security all approved every launch? And when you're a multi product company, so again, you can manage it through spreadsheets and documents, but it becomes unmanageable. And that's just one example. As we go into this kind of a remote world, given that product management is a highly collaborative function, like you have to work with by the nature of the job with everyone in the company. I think there'll be more interesting, useful collaboration tools will emerge that help product managers.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Sergi, for taking the time to share your knowledge with us today. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and check us out at product faculty.com where we offer a fully live advanced PM skills training program for senior product managers. Thank you.